You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 119. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, a wealth advisor, a Dave Ramsey Smartvester Pro, an all-around nice guy, and today's episode is Beware of Investment and Diet fads. But before we get to the topic of the day, I have a question for you about the whole diet fad thing. Are you on a diet right now? Because oh my goodness, there's a lot of diets out there and I've tried a bunch and science has taken us a long way. But there are fads. People write a book, pump up the book. This is the diet you should do. And they come and they go in science and then investigates the diet and finds good and bad things. What I find is that most of the fad diets are difficult to maintain when dieting should be a long-term approach. Now, I'm not trying to be an expert on diet because Lord knows I need my help when it comes to a healthy, balanced diet. But here are some of the, the diet fads that have come and gone. South Beach diet, that's supposed to help hunger control. The Mediterranean diet, I have a couple of friends that just started this the new year. I don't know if they're still on it. It's supposed to emphasize heart-healthy fats. There's the, uh, um, uh, the zone diet, and the zone diet should balance out protein and carbs. There was way back in the day, the Atkins diet had a buddy on that. He was eating bacon every day. And I think that totally went away. I don't know if it got some sort of bad press, but I read that in 2002, the new Atkins diet revolution came out. I don't even know what the difference is. Of course, there's the paleo diet. Had a guy in my office that has done that before. That seems like a very difficult one to maintain. There's the raw food diet. Oh my goodness, I don't think I could do that one. You'd think that that'd have a lot of uh, nutrients, but uh, I read that it may lack some healthy nutrients. There's the Nutrisystem diet where they're shipping you customized food right to your doorstep. I mean, that's a lot of diets. What's the best one to do? And why were they popular then and not popular now if they are time tested? What diet are you on? Which one of these are you on? Or are you on not on one at all? Or do you take a different approach? We're going to talk more about this when we get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Beware of investing and dieting fads. Now, I've already told you about some dieting fads. Let's talk about some investing fads because investment, in, in investment fads are nothing new. I mean, when you're selecting a strategy for your portfolio, you're often tempted to seek out the latest and greatest investment opportunities. And over the years, some of these investment fads 
have sought to capitalize on certain perceived strength in a certain geographic region or, or maybe a sector, maybe some technological advance or the popularity of na- uh, a certain natural resource of the, of the year or decade. But listen, long-term investors, we, we need to be aware that letting short-term trends influence our investment approach may be bad for our investment health. Let's listen to Nobel laureate Eugene Fama. And I quote, There's one robust new idea in finance that has investment implications maybe every 15 years, but there's a marketing idea every week. That's powerful to me. Let's look back at some of the investment fads over the decades. In the 90s, there was the the Asian Tigers of Hong Kong, Singapore, South Korea, and Taiwan. A decade later, there was a ton written about the BRIC countries and the new fad, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, and how their new place in the global markets were going to bring excessive returns. Similarly, there was funds that target hot industries over the decades. In the 50s, it was the Nifty 50. In the 60s, it was the Go-Go Stocks. Later in the 20th century, there was a, a, glo- a, a growing belief in the new economy, which led to the creation of funds poised to make the most of the rising importance of information technology and telecommunications. The 2000s, they brought the 13030 funds, which used leverage, not great for a family steward, lots of risk, to sell short certain stocks while going long on others. Then in the 2008 financial crisis during that time, there was the black swan funds and the the tail risk hedging strategies and the liquid alternatives. And more recently, we've had a lot of focus on peer-to-peer lending, cryptocurrencies, even cannabis cultivation and the private space exploration have become more fashionable than ever before. And there's the the fad, too, that's going on, which is the FANG stocks and how we should have all our money in the FANG stocks. FANG is Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Just like the diet fads, that's a lot of investing fads. What diet do I get into? What investing strategy do I get into? Well, I'm, I'm not a expert when it comes to diets, But I do want to point you when it comes to investing to the fund graveyard. There are tons of funds across the investment landscape that were launched over the years that have come and gone, faded from investor memory. And while economic, demographic, technological, and environmental trends shape the world we live in, the stock market, or I should say the public markets, aggregate millions of pieces of information and drive all of it into security pricing. 
So any individual, you or me, trying to outguess the market by constantly trading in and out of what's hot and what's not, what's the fad of the year or the decade, we are competing against the extraordinarily collective wisdom of millions of buyers and sellers around the world. It's incredibly difficult to get in and out of anything when you're investing in stocks. Now, of course, with the benefit of hindsight... It's easy to point out the fortune one could have had by making the right call on a specific fad or region or industry or individual stock over over a specific period. There's always a couple of big winners. And, man, investing in an investment fad is entertaining. It's sexy. It's fun to talk about at cocktail parties. Problem is... Trying to identify mispricing in advance and then profiting from it is mostly a loser's game. It's not the game for a family steward. I mean, let's just look at the number of funds that were available 15 years ago, ending December 31st, 2018. There were 2,786 mutual funds to choose from. Which ones do I choose? Well, a lot of those funds had to do with different investing fads over the year. Or over the years. And at the end of 15 years, only 51% of those funds were even in existence at the on December 31st, 2018. That's what I call the fund graveyard or the fad graveyard. I mean, do you really want to get into a fad that might be hot now, but won't be later? And for most people... It becomes a fad because something has been doing really well. And then we decide to jump in when it's doing really well. And now there's mean reversion. Now the fund or the fad starts to go out of favor. And we're left inside of this fad only to sell out of it and lose money or not reap the rewards that only a few have that have gotten in beforehand. It's not a fad until there's information to make it a fad, which is usually good returns that promise good returns in the future, but rarely do. So I would ask yourself these three questions anytime you're about to deviate from your current strategy. That is maybe adding an asset class or some sort of strategy to your portfolio. Number one, ask yourself this question. What is the strategy claiming to provide that is not already in my portfolio? If you're investing like a family steward, you already have FANG stocks. You already have BRIC stocks. You own the market. Next question. If it's not in your portfolio... Ask yourself, can I reasonably expect that including it or focusing on it, that it will increase my expected returns in the future? Or will it reduce my expected volatility or help me achieve my investment goal? Because if it doesn't, why are you investing in it? And number three, ask yourself, am I comfortable with the range of potential outcomes? Those that have invested in cryptocurrencies or those that have invested recently in pot stocks that didn't know the range of returns and the range of outcomes. Mostly, it's a roller coaster ride that you can't handle. So if you're left with any doubts after asking these questions, 
it would be wise to use caution before proceeding. Within stocks, for example, a market portfolio offers the benefit of exposure to thousands of companies doing business around the world in broad diversification across industries, sectors, and countries. And there is good reason to deviate from the market portfolio. I've talked about this on many past episodes, that there is robust investment ideas that come along every 15 years that we need to pay attention to. But we also need to pay attention to any potential risk benefits of deviating outside of the market portfolio. And there's no shortage of things that you can do to help contribute to a better investment experience. And I'm telling you, working closely with an investment advisor can help you create a plan that fits your needs and your risk tolerance. Don't take more risk than you ever need to. But if you don't have a plan to begin with, if you don't have a roadmap, if you don't have a financial freedom plan or retirement plan or a plan for your kid's college or a plan how to save for your house or planning for taxes in a proactive approach, and planning for your insurance to make sure that you're buying it at the very low cost and not overbuying, and planning your estate, all of these things, a comprehensive certified financial planner can help you with, along with the investing, along with pursuing a globally diversified approach and managing expenses within the portfolio and turnover and taxes and staying disciplined through market volatility like last December or 2008. These things will improve your chances of achieving your long-term financial goals. And a good certified financial planner can help you tilt your portfolio in directions that people like Nobel laureate Eugene Fama suggest based off of the one new robust idea every 15 years and not a fad. Family stewards can't afford to be part of an investment fad because we are the ones that are have taken on the responsibility of taking care of our family, of making sure that our family never runs out of money. So listen to me closely. I'm going to conclude with this. Listen to me. Listen to these words because I'm going to say it now and I'm going to say it one more time. Here's the first time. Fashionable investment approaches will come and go. But investors, you, my friend, should remember that a long-term disciplined investment approach based on robust research and implementation may be the most reliable path to success in the stock market. All right, I'm going to say this one more time, but instead of instead of using investment in what I'm going to say, I'm going to switch it to the diet because this is a podcast about investment fads and diet fads. So listen to this one more time and listen to me closely. Fashionable diet fads will come and go, but dieters should remember that a long-term disciplined diet approach based on robust research and implementations may be the most reliable path to success to your health. I just said the same thing and I interchange diet with investing. 
because just like investing diets, there are just a few robust things in research that we should be doing. Things like a balanced diet, things like taking in less um, calories than we put out and we'll end up losing weight, limiting our carbs, limiting our fat, but then taking a long-term approach because there's no quick fix to investing and there's no quick fix to diet. Both of them are a lifestyle. You are investing for the long-term. Your diet should be for the long-term. So it shouldn't be something that you can't maintain because if you couldn't maintain your diet or your investment fad, you're not going to survive. And we're family stewards. And I want to help you. I cannot help you with your diet because I'm not an expert, but I can help you with your investment planning. I can help you with your investments. I can help you build a robust financial freedom and retirement plan that will take you to success in your retirement and that you will be a successful family steward but it starts by reaching out to me so email me scott at bestandwealth.com and tell me that you want to learn more about a maybe a second opinion of what you're currently doing with your investments and guess what i gotta go because my time is up but i will see you when and where on the flip side bye bye everybody The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance to compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.